Hey everyone, this is James Wilson with MTB Strength Training Systems and BikeJames.com and today I got another bro science episode for you, although today is a little less bro science than usual because I actually have a study that looks at strength training for mountain bikers. So it's a little, little less of my interpretation and a little bit more of me sharing the results from this study and, and helping you figure out how you can use them to improve your training program, right? So one of the things that still drives me a little crazy is even after all this time, we still get people who will say strength training doesn't really help your mountain biking performance, that mountain biking is an endurance sport, that strength training doesn't really help endurance sports. And so despite the fact that there are just countless studies that show that strength training helps other endurance sports, you will find some studies that show that it doesn't help some endurance sports. And so this can create some confusion. And so what this study wanted to look at was, well, what is the context for this, right? Like what, we're gonna look specifically at mountain bikers and we're gonna use two different approaches and see how they affect uh, riders' performances. So what they did is they looked at, like I said, two different approaches. One was a more traditional approach to strength training for uh, cycling, right? And cycling is usually a code word for road riding. Whenever someone says cycling, they usually mean road riding. And so that right there should be your first clue. Whenever someone says that, you should be like, well, does this really apply to mountain biking? Because mountain biking is not road riding. And trying to you know, have this umbrella of cycling that incorporates road riding and mountain biking under the same umbrella, and somehow they're the same thing because of that, uh, is really kind of uh, crazy to me, right? But it's still the way that a lot of riders approach their strength training. They will follow a program that is intended for road riding and not mountain biking. And again, they'll, they'll point to you know studies and stuff like that to say, hey, this approach works for road riders, so therefore it should work for us too. So a more traditional strength training approach for road riding is to use an endurance-based protocol and to not do much, if any, strength training during the riding season, to just rely on riding itself to provide any sort of you know strength training stimulus for you. And they compared that to a less traditional approach, which is more in line with the, the type of approach that I recommend, which is using a maximal strength where you're lifting more weight for fewer reps, and you are continue with that throughout the season. So the participants in the study had at least five years of consistent cycling experience, and they had not done any lower body resistance training for at least six months. And they were all competitive riders on the regional and national level, right? So the, during the off-season, they recruited these riders. And during the off-season, they all followed the same basic training program where they lifted on the same days. They did endurance, the same type of endurance training on the same days. And the only difference being is what were they doing during the strength training uh, sessions, and so the endurance training uh, group did eight weeks. The off-season was an eight-week period for them. And they did high reps with low weight, right? So they started with three sets of 20 reps. And then they decreased the reps each week and got down to three sets of 14 reps. So 14 reps is the lowest that they went uh, with this. And so again, this is a very, very common approach to training for cycling because again, the idea is like, well, this is an endurance sport, so I need to be doing a lot of reps and working on my endurance for uh, if I am going to do some sort of strength training. So you will find people who advocate these you know, high rep, low load approaches 
to strength training for cycling. And again, this is based on previous studies that looked at road cyclists and, and, and you know what would help them. Now, the maximal strength group, they started out, I don't really know why, <clears throat> they started out with three sets of 20 reps in week one. Uh, both groups did for some reason, but they quickly shifted in week two to three sets of eight, and then they dropped one rep each week and got down to three sets of four reps. So again, they, they were doing a much lower volume, higher intensity, lower reps, higher load approach than the other group. Now, the other thing that was uh, different is that during the riding season, the endurance strength group stopped all strength training together and the maximal strength group continued to do one day a week, just one day, right? And they did uh, two sets of five reps at 85% of their one rep max. And then they did one set of six rep max, right? With just whatever weight they could do for six reps, uh, they did that. So they basically did three sets, right, of like five or six reps. The exercise that they were using was a half squat. Again, that's another thing that kind of drives me a little crazy is people looking at, oh, well, you don't bend your knee that much when you're cycling. So to make it more specific, we need to do half squats. Uh, you know, from a, from a health perspective and the need for us to be able to squat as a human, I think that that's a little ridiculous. I, you know, I'm not saying there's no room for a half squat in your program, but I would not recommend just using a half squat as your primary uh, lower body exercise, right? But that's what they used in this program. They did a half squat. They did a leg curl, another exercise that I think is, you know, has super limited utility for us as riders. And then also a single leg leg press. So they did a single leg exercise, but unfortunately they did it on a leg press, which again, I would recommend a lunge or a split squat or Bulgarian split squat. So if I was picking this out, I mean, I would have had them doing different exercises. There's definitely better exercises that you can and should be doing as a mountain biker. But what's interesting is even with this crappy set of exercises and this, you know, uh, you know, strength training approach that they were taking, they got some results from it, right? That's the cool thing about strength training is strength training delivers results, right? You can be following a crappy program and still get results from it. Uh, it's just, you can get better results from a better program, right? So uh, besides the strength stuff, they also did a Wingate test where they get you on a bike and they have you go all out for 30 seconds. And they use that as a way to measure power endurance. They also measured VO2 max and lactate threshold and a bunch of other markers. And uh, what they found at the end of the study was pretty interesting, but kind of predictable, uh, especially if you follow me and are, are a fan of strength training. I'm sure you can probably guess where this is going. Um, they found that there were no significant differences in endurance measurements between the groups. So things like VO2 max and lactate threshold and things like that. Like those, they're, they're, the one approach didn't uh, provide an advantage over the other, right? So the endurance strength program did not produce measurably significant differences in these things over the maximal strength group, right? But what they did find is that the maximal strength group increased their peak power, right? So during this Wingate test, they were looking at what's the highest power output you're able to, to do, what's your, your peak power over five seconds, any five second interval, what's that power over five seconds, what's your power over the last five seconds that kind of looks at your endurance, and then what's your average power over the whole whole thing, right? And so what they found was that the maximal strength group increased their peak power from pre to mid season. And then they were able to maintain that increase for the most part throughout the riding season. Uh, they also showed 
an increase in the most power that they could produce over a five second period. And they also showed an increase in their one rep max strength from all the way through the season, from pre to post season, right? So they basically ended the season stronger than they started the off season. Whereas the endurance strength group saw their strength gains drop back down. They basically went back to where they were. They saw some strength gains uh, in the beginning, but then those, those strength gains weren't significant enough to help them produce more power or anything like that. And the, those strength gains went away. So they're basically going to start next off season back at square one, right? Like they're at the same strength level that they were the previous off season. Like how, how, how are you going to increase your strength from year to year and, and increase your performance if you do that, right? So the, the maximal strength group is starting ahead of the curve, right? They actually are, are ending the off season or ending the, the season stronger than they started the off season. <clears throat> so they're going to be able to go into the next off season at a stronger level, which means that they're going to be able to improve their strength even more, which should have even more of an impact on their power and stuff like that. So uh, what they found with the endurance strength group was that they showed a decrease in their power over the last five seconds of that Wingate test. <clears throat> they showed a decrease in their one rep max strength. And they also, it's a thing called the fatigue index. Like, you know, it's a self-rating of how fatiguing that effort is. And they found that there was an increase in their fatigue in, uh, index during the Wingate test. So in a nutshell, both approaches help to improve endurance, right? So there wasn't one approach that was better at like kind of endurance stuff, but only the maximal strength group improved their anaerobic capacity, their power, right? And then they were able to maintain it over the whole season. So the conclusion of the authors of the study was that adding a non-traditional uh, strength training program, and these were, are, were cross-country racers, I guess I should say. These weren't downhill racers, or these were specifically cross-country racers. Uh, and, but they were saying that this, you know, adding a non-traditional strength training program to a cross-country racers uh, program could help them maintain and even improve their anaerobic fitness and power over the course of a riding season. Right now, that's that's pretty big, right? If you're able to potentially even improve that throughout the riding season, then your your performance levels are going to be the same or perhaps even higher at the end of the season. Whereas most riders tend to be struggling towards the end of the riding season, right? Like they 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 ride themselves into shape in mid season, they're great, and by the end of the riding season, they're starting to drop off, right? Their strength and their power, these things are starting to to drop off to the point that it's affecting their their performance. Right. So one of the things is like, so like context matters. Right. So mountain biking requires more anaerobic power and more anaerobic endurance than road cycling. Right. It's just it's, it's the nature of the game. Trail riding just requires more of that than road cycling does. And so that's why real strength training, as I call it. Right. Because doing three sets of 20 is, you know, again, I'm not going to say that there's never a place in that for your in your program. But that's not strength training, all right? Like strength training to me is going to be like 15 reps or less. I mean, if you're doing more than 15 reps in a set, that's not really strength training. You're working on strength endurance on some level, but you're not really building strength, right? That ability to produce more tension and be efficient at producing that tension. So, uh, so remember, like next time someone tells you that strength training doesn't help your mountain biking performance, like I said, context matters, all right? The studies that say that are done on road cyclists, okay? And they're also usually done using uh, these endurance-based protocols where they're having them do three sets of 20, 
right? And then it's like, oh, well, you didn't really get stronger from that. So of course it didn't really improve your performance. So you see a study that has them doing three sets of 20 and they don't see an increase in performance. That doesn't mean that strength training doesn't work, right? It means that that, that uh, protocol that they're following was shitty and doesn't work. And so this is, again, why it's important that you guys look at the studies themselves, right? Like I had to go dig into the study itself because the abstract doesn't explain the difference between what the endurance strength group was and what the maximal strength group was. Now I had some ideas about what that meant, but I had to go find the actual study and, and read through it and find out what were they doing, right? Okay, oh, this was the protocol, three sets of 20, three sets of 18, right? 14 reps is the lowest they went for the endurance group. The, the maximal strength group was doing more like three by eight, three by seven, right? Going down to three by four. So you, knowing that, now you know like, okay, well, this approach isn't as effective and this approach is better. And so, but this is why you got to look at the studies themselves or at least have somebody like me who's going to do the research and then uh, explain it uh, rather than just look at the studies and, and draw the conclusions from the abstracts. Okay, so uh, the science and the real world evidence is pretty clear, right? If you want to max your mountain bike fitness and really your fun as well, right? Like the more fit you are, the more fun you're going to have. It, it, it sucks to be out there struggling on the trail, right? Like, so fitness equals fun in my book. And so if you want to have better fitness and more fun, you have to do strength training as part of your routine, okay? You cannot tell me that you want to be the best rider that you want that possible and not be incorporating strength training into your program. Again, the science and the real world evidence says that you are basically doing what you want to do and then trying to make excuses for why that's the right thing, right? Like so many people do this. We do what we want to do, and then we try and say that that's what we're supposed to be doing. And, and then you try and backfill in, you know, reasons for, well, why what I want to do is actually what I'm supposed to be doing. So if I don't want to do strength training, well, I can go and find all this evidence, not really understanding the context of it or anything like that, but I can cherry pick these little pieces of evidence that'll say, oh, look, this says this, and this guy says that, and that study showed this without really understanding like what's the context, right? Does that context actually apply to you? And a lot of times in this case, it doesn't, right? So, uh, so what I would recommend is that if you aren't following a strength training program as part of your, uh, your mountain bike program, you need to start doing it, right? And so uh, one of the easiest ways to do that is through isometrics, okay? So uh, the Atomic Strength Training Program is an isometric training program that, that I've created for mountain bikers. And isometrics are great because you don't need a lot of equipment. You don't need a lot of time. They're easy to do. They're super safe. And they don't put a lot of wear and tear on your body, okay? So this is some of the drawbacks that people will, will have from trying to do you know, higher load, lower rep strength training. And really what you're trying to do with that is the more load you have, the higher levels of tension your body has to produce to lift that load. And so the more weight, the more tension. So really what you want is to teach your body how to produce more tension and be more efficient with producing that those high levels of tension. And so that's why we do heavy deadlifts and heavy squats and stuff like that. But there are some drawbacks to that stuff, right? Like you can get injured doing that. It can make you sore, right? So it does take uh, some, some skill to learn how to do these things right. Now, while I recommend that you do that, isometrics are a great way to just circumvent that stuff, right? So if you don't want to go through all that, then just start using isometrics because isometrics are a great way to increase those tension producing capabilities uh, in a safe, effective way 
that will let you take advantage of this information uh, as a mountain biker without having to you know, join a gym or go out there and start doing a bunch of heavy deadlifts. Again, I think those are great. You should get to where you're doing that, but don't let your intimidation with heavy weights and strength training stop you from getting the benefits that strength training has to offer, which is your ability to produce higher levels of tension and be more efficient with producing that tension. And again, you can use isometrics to uh, to do that. So uh, again, that's that's pretty much it, right? It's, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, I'll, I'll have a link to the study so you guys can check it out. But when you look at it, you see like, okay, yeah, there was a pretty clearly one group got better in a in a marker that's really important to mountain bikers. And again, this is one of those things that I, I, I you know tell people all the time. This is this is why road cycling programs don't transfer over very well to the trail. Like a lot of riders who will follow a road cycling based program in the off season find that they kind of have to ride themselves into shape a little bit still when they get on the trail and start riding. It's because road cyclists don't require the same levels of strength and the same levels of anaerobic fitness that mountain biking does. And so if you're following a program for road cycling, you're not going to be improving those things to the same level that you need to to really see the results on the trail. So you get on the trail and you kind of got to ride yourself into shape, you know, exposing yourself to these high tension levels, exposing yourself to these anaerobic uh, you know, situations and your body kind of has to get in shape from riding on the trail rather than being able to draw on what you used in your training program because your training program didn't really come from the same context as the trail, right? So avoid that frustration, get a training program that is made for mountain bikers, something that's going to make you stronger and increase your power, isn't solely focused on just endurance, right? Because endurance is an important factor, but again, mountain biking is a different animal, Right? We're not road riding. And so you got to get stronger. You got to improve those anaerobic uh, capacities and maintain them throughout the season. Right, That was the other important thing from this is that even just one day a week of strength training helped to maintain and even increase in some cases some of these markers throughout the season. And so whereas the endurance uh, training group who stopped doing strength training saw decreases in those things. So if you want to maintain your endurance or your, your performance throughout the season, you have to keep doing your strength training during the season. So again, hopefully this is giving you guys some, you know, some stuff to think about. Um, again, strength training is super important for us as mountain bikers. You can learn a lot more about it at, at bikejames.com. I've got a ton of free articles, uh, posts, videos, podcasts, all sorts of stuff that will help educate you on the best way to strength train for the unique demands of mountain biking. Uh, again, you've got the Ultimate MTB Workout Program, the Atomic Strength Training Program, several workout programs that will help you take the guesswork out of that, right? If you don't want to have to try and figure it out on your own, I've already done all that for you. I've figured out how to apply the science and, and all that stuff to a training program for the demands of mountain biking. And so you can just use one of my programs and skip that, or you can educate yourself and, and figure out some good ways to do that. I know there's also some other uh, trainers out there that have some good programs for mountain bikers, but just make sure you're following some sort of strength training program, right? Like if you're not doing strength training, then you're really not serious about being the best mountain biker you can. And I know people don't like to hear that, right? Like they feel like I'm you know, shaming them in some way or, or judging them in some way. And again, I don't care, right? If you don't want to do it, that's fine. Just don't tell me that you want to be the best mountain biker that you can or that you want to improve your performance, right? Like I'm from Oklahoma. We got a saying, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining, 
right? So just be honest about where you're at with it. Like, you know, you want to get better at mountain biking, but only up to a certain point because you only want to do what you want to do. If you really want to take it to the highest level possible, you got to do the strength training. So again, the science backs this up. The real world evidence backs this up. And uh, I mean, today, I think you'd be hard pressed to find any pro mountain biker, cross country, downhill, enduro that does not follow some sort of strength training program. I mean, it is, you know, definitely something that, that helps at the highest levels and it can help you as well. So again, be sure and uh, check out bikejames.com, sign up for my newsletter there. I've got the weekly tips coming out that'll help keep you up to date on the latest science and, and stuff that'll help you with your training. But uh, yeah, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this and I will talk to everybody next time.